It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to the Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Today, we're featuring not one, but two episodes from that awesome classic comedy radio show, The Abbott and Costello Show. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello were the most popular comedy duo of the 40s and 50s, and their legendary comedy routine, Who's On First, is one of, if not the, best-known comedy routines of all time. And by the way, if you'd like to hear who's on first, go back and listen to episode three of this podcast. Now, the two comedians first worked together at Elton's Burlesque Theater on 42nd Street in New York City in 1935. Various people in the business encouraged the two to work together permanently as an act, with Abbott as the straight man and Costello as the dim-witted foil. Their first known radio broadcast was on the Kate Smith Hour on February 3rd, 1938. In the beginning, they sounded so similar on the radio that listeners had a hard time distinguishing between the two, so Costello started using a rather high-pitched, childish voice. Who's on First was first performed the following month on national radio, and it helped launch their famous careers. They joined Bergen and McCarthy on the Chase and Sanborn Hour in 1941, and also began starring in films together. Their own show. The Abbott and Costello Show began on October 8, 1942, with Camel Cigarettes as a sponsor. It then moved to ABC in 1947 and finished its run in 1949. Today, we'll be airing two back-to-back episodes of The Abbott and Costello Show with no interruptions. Bank Robbery originally aired on October 15, 1942, and Knights in Shining Armor from November 19, 1942. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll be right back with Abbott and Costello after this brief message. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Camels, the cigarette that's first in the service, presents the Abbott and Costello program. With the music of Lee Stevens and his orchestra, the songs of Connie Haynes and the Camel Quintet, tonight's guest, Miss Marlena Dietrich, and starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Costello. Oh, what? Will you stop that noise? What are you doing here in the studio dressed in your bathing suit? Well, I spent all day trying to get my car out of the swimming pool. What was it doing there? Don't you read the papers, Abbott? The government says you have to pool your car. Uh. <laughs> no, you dummy. They mean share the ride. You have to pick up people. Oh, I did that yesterday. I picked up Helen, Mary, Rosie, and Josie. 
but your car holds more than that. Yeah, but now they only allow you four gallons a week. <laughs> you can't get it. Well, never mind that, Costello. Where have you been all week? What have you been doing? Oh, boy, have I been having fun with Connie Haynes? No kidding. Last Saturday, I took her to a football game. What a game! What excitement! Any passes? No. Her mother was with us. <laughs> and another thing happened. There was a man sitting next to us with a six-month-old baby. All afternoon, the kid was crying. He was so hungry. Well, didn't the father bring a bottle? Yeah, but the kid wanted milk. <laughs> Finally, to shut the kid up, I give him a penny. Well, did that keep him quiet? Yeah, but he kept waving the penny in front of my binoculars. It ruined the game. How did it ruin the game? All afternoon, Lincoln was playing in the backfield. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, forget the football game. Much we... better this afternoon, huh? Yes, yes, yes. A lot better. We've got, we've got other things to worry about. You know, our announcer, Ken Niles, is complaining because he didn't have enough to do last week. Isn't that right, Ken? Yes, it is. <laughs> After all, I could give the program a lift. <laughs> I'm a shot in the arm. You said it. You're a dope. <laughs> now, don't be silly, Costello. Niles is very popular. Why, sure. Right after the broadcast last week, a lot of women chased me up Hollywood Boulevard, and one of them caught me and threw her arms around my neck. I saw that. You did? Yeah. Why did you snatch her pocketbook? <laughs> now, cut it out, Costello. Now, I talked to Ken's wife, and she says uh, he should have more lines. She says he's got talent. She says he's terrific. She says he's colossal. She says this. She says that. I don't care what his wife says. Well, I do. My wife is a wonderful person. She's as necessary to me as, a, as an umbrella in a rainstorm. I'll take the umbrella. It's easier to shut up. No. <laughs> now, why don't you be reasonable, Costello? Mrs. Niles is a very sweet girl. Yeah, she is. You know, she's a great deal like Sonia Henny. You mean you have to keep her on ice? <laughs> Please. Are you folks hearing us? Now, wait a minute. Just a minute. Now, that isn't fair, Costello. Now, let's get together here. Give Ken a chance to show what he can do. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks, bud. I, I, I'd like to read a little a tidbit that I just happened to bring along. Oh, this is going to murder you. Uh, <clears throat> one night as I sat rocking, rocking on my chamber floor, came a knocking, gentle knocking, knocking on my chamber door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Hey, how'd you like that? Don't look now, but the raven just laid a name. Hello, everybody, and uh, hello, my fat little sugar man. Oh, this voice of this kid is temporaneous. Quiet, quiet. Hello, Connie. Mr. Costello, honey, I'd like you and Mr. Abbott to meet someone. This is my Aunt Ruby. Uh, hello, nice to meet you. Hi, Aunt Ruby. How do you like California? Connie doesn't have enough to do. Wait a minute. After all, I... I listened to the program last week, and there should be more music. Connie ought to sing 45 songs. There's nothing but talk on the program. And who wants to hear a lot of talk, 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 talk? I talk, 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 talk. Hold your hat. Here comes another race. After all, Mr. Costello, I taught Connie to sing. Why, even I sang in New York, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Chicago. What about St. Louis? They beat the Yanks. Ha-ha, ha-ha. I really... Yeah. I really struck you out that time. You struck me out, eh? Mm hmm you're just the old bat that can do it. Now, yeah. Wait a minute. Now, just a second, Costello. You can't talk like that to Connie's Aunt Ruby. Maybe she's right. Maybe this program needs more singing. Exactly. Everyone loves singing. Something like this. All through the night, there's a little brown but singing. Oh, well, of course. You know I just had my tonsils taken out. Have them put back in. <laughs> 
Costello, what right have you got to criticize? What do you know about singing? Now, look, Abbott, if I hadn't come from such a large family, I'd have been a great singer. What did the large family have to do with it? I could never get in the bathroom. Oh, no. Come on, Costello, make up your mind. Are you going to give Niles and Connie more to do or not? Why should I? If I give them more to do, the first thing you know, even the sound man will want more to do. And why shouldn't I? What did I have on last week's program? Nothing. Not even a door slam. I understand doors. I know doors inside and out. I talk to doors, and they talk to me. Well, what do you hear from the mouth? <laughs> ah, well may you laugh. Little do you know how important every little sound is to me. Even the sound of a moth chewing on an overcoat. Like this. <laughs> What's that funny sound? That's the moth spitting out the buttons. I... <laughs> Don't you think sounds are fascinating? Here is a sample of my day. When work is through, I walk home at night in the rain. I open the door. I go in and shut the door. Then I walk upstairs in the rain. It's raining in the house? Yes, we're waiting for a government ceiling. <laughs> you must have a better writer than us, huh? Yeah, I imagine so. I jump into bed and sleep. It's morning. What a night! <laughs> I've got to catch the train. I kiss my wife before I go to the office. My wife kisses me. I kiss her and she kisses me. Uh, wait I... a minute. What about the office? With a wife like that, why should he go to the office? <laughs> Costello. Yes, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how's your spelling this week? I can spell anything. Okay. Spell crumpets. Crumpets. Yeah, crumpets. Crumpets. Yeah. K. No. no. Crumpets. C R U M P E S. Oh, uh, uh, wait a minute. You left out the T. Today, I gotta have crumpets without T. Well, why? I lost my sugar ration card. Oh, now, wait a minute. Look, Ration Luke. card. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Ration. ration or ration. Look, around here, you can't forget any teas. Why not? Well, because with us, it's important. In fact, with any cigarette smoker, T ought to be one of the most important letters in the alphabet. Is that right? Why, sure. T stands for taste and throat. That's anybody's own personal proving ground for cigarettes. The T zone. Now, of course, most people have tried camels. But have you tried them lately since you've been smoking more? Give Camels the T-Zone test now. Ask your taste about Camels' flavor. You'll find it wears well, doesn't go flat. Ask your throat about Camels' mildness. It's the best judge you can find. Thousands of smokers who are making their own T-Zone test advise Camels suit them to a T. Just remember that you're the one who's doing your smoking. For steady pleasure, try Camels. You'll find they're slow-burning, cooler-smoking, richer-tasting, milder, better. Because camels are expertly and matchlessly blended of costlier tobaccos. So take a tip from your T-Zone. Your throat and your taste will tell you. Camels, get a pack tonight. You'll want to buy a carton tomorrow. Abraham, Abraham, when he grew up this tiny baby, folks all called him Honest Abe. Abraham, 
Stevens Orchestra with a camel quintet. Doing oh, Abraham from the Holiday Inn. And now, Abbott. ladies and gentlemen, oh, quiet. Abbott! What's the matter? Hey, look. Look what I got. Look at all the money. Wait a minute, Costello. Where did you get that roll of bills? I went outside for a minute. Just when I reached the corner, a guy ran out of the bank with a bag full of money. And he gave me some. He gave it to you? Mm-hmm. What did he look like? I couldn't tell. He had such a bad cold, he had a handkerchief tied across his nose. <laughs> well, you dumb crook, that was a mess. The man was a bank robber. Oh, I don't think so, Abbott. He was the president. He offered to sell me the bank for a squawk. Sell you the bank for a squawk? Yeah, he said, one squawk out of you and I'll give you the business. <laughs> of all the dumbbells, why didn't you go into the bank and investigate? I did go in. And what a way to run a business. I walked in and a couple of clerks were playing hide and seek. That's ridiculous. Honest. One guy was hiding in the closet. The other guy was under the counter. There was nobody around to play with him. Then there was another guy. What other guy? He was trying to do tricks. Trying to do tricks? Yeah, he was laying on the floor trying to escape from a lot of ropes. And you thought he was playing a game? Five time to play games. Huh? Yeah. Especially when he had a toothache. He didn't have a toothache. No, then why did he have a plaster across his mouth? The man had a gag in his mouth. If he did, he never got a chance to tell it. (laughs) You should have taken the plaster off his mouth. I did. And right away, a guy started worrying about his... Rationing card. Worrying about his rationing card. Yeah, he started yelling, they took the sugar. They took the sugar. No, 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 Costello. The man man was yelling because he was stuck up. Stuck up? Sure. A fine time to get a swelled head. No. (laughs) Somebody might have robbed the place. He did rob the place. Look, was there anybody with him? Just a woman. A woman. Why didn't you mention her before? She didn't appeal to me. Oh. (laughs) Did you pinch her? No. Then you should have held her. If I'd have held her, I'd have pinched her. You idiot. <laughs> now, that'll bit. Do you realize that by keeping the money and letting the crooks get away, you've made yourself an accomplice? Ten miles. Turn on the radio. Maybe we'll get a police report. Hurry up. Okay, bud. Okay. Hey, you get it, Abbott? What's that? There's a message. Well, what does it say? Attention, all citizens. The Fifth National Bank has just been held up by Black Pete and his gang of desperate bandits. When last seen, the gang was headed for their hideout at Dead Pan Gulch. Also at large is their accomplice, described as five feet tall. Five feet wide, that is all. That's me, Mr. Five by Five. <laughs> Costello, you know the police are after you. Now, you've got to capture that gang to clear yourself. Uh, now, you can't do it alone, so call a posse. That's the thing. Okay. Hip, pushy, pushy, pushy. No, 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 Hip, pushy. No, no, please. Deadpan Gulch is in the heart of the cattle country. It's the home of the western bandits and cattle rustlers. Then I'm just a guy, Abbott. I became a three-letter man chasing cattle rustlers. Oh, how could you become a three-letter man chasing cattle rustlers? I sat on a branding iron. (laughs) But does that cause you to catch the rustlers? Catch them? I passed them. (laughs) But this is going to be a long trip. Now, you'll have to get an outfit. What are you going to wear? I'll wear a ten-gallon hat. A tan shirt, a leather belt, and a bloodhound. What pants? The bloodhound. No, all right. Never mind the outfit. And another thing you need is a horse. Have you got a horse? Have I got a horse? Yes. I got a horse, and he's my pal. Well, that's swell. I eat with my horse. That's wonderful. I drink with my horse. I even sleep with my horse. You sleep with your horse? I got it. It's his blanket. (laughs) Now, tell me, can you ride a horse? Sure, I can ride a horse. One time, Abbott, I rode two horses at once. Standing up. Mm. I had my right foot on one horse, my left foot on the other horse. All of a sudden, we came to a fork in the road. Each horse went in a different direction. That was a laugh. Yeah, I thought I'd split. I... <laughs> well, never mind. The first thing the first thing you have to do is find the bandit's trail. When you do, you leap into the saddle and away you go. 
Your face is stern. Your grip is sure. Your clutch is firm. How's my transmission? All right. I let you. Please be quiet. Then you ride. You ride out across the prairie. You ride for hours and hours on end. That sounds logical. Don't interrupt, please. <laughs> you ride and you ride until your trousers are worn thin. Finally, there you are. I knew I'd come through. Yeah. <laughs> well, Costello, what are you going to do? Are you going out after the bandits? Are you going to clear your name? I'm going to clear my name, Abbott. a boy. I'll do it. I know it was in you. I'm going to get it out of me right now. Come on. I'll get them, bandits. But just tell me one thing. If I get killed, what's going to happen to that little fellow that depends on me? The poor little fellow won't get anything to eat anymore. That poor little fellow won't even have a roof over his head. If anything happens, Abbott, it'll kill him. The poor little fellow. Costello. Who is the poor little fellow? Me? <laughs> the Campbell Quintet to sing a new tune of the Old West, Cow Cow Boogie. Out on the plains down near Santa Fe, I met a cowboy riding the range one day, and as he jogged along, I heard him singing a most peculiar cowboy song. It was a ditty he learned in the city. Come a ya ya come a yipsy get along, get hip, better get along, better be on your way, get along, get hip, little and he trusts them on down the old fair way, singing his cow cow boogie in the strangest way. Singing his cowboy song. He's just too much. He's got a knocked out western accent with a Harlem touch. He was raised on local weed. What you call swing half breed. Singing his cow cowboy in the strangest way. Come a ya ya come a yip to ya Singing a cowboy song, it's just too much. He's got a knock-up western accent. With a Harlem touch, he was raised on local weed. He's what you call swing at breed. Singing his cow-cow-buggy in the strangest way. Come a Come It's a cow, cow, And now back to the adventures of our heroes, Abbott and Costello, as we find them hot on the trail of the bank bandit, Black Pete. Leading a posse of men, they track the villain to the lawless town of Deadpan Gulch. Here they are, riding up the main street of the town. Like a spurs, jingle, 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 jingle. What's wrong? What's wrong? One of my spurs got stuck. <laughs> Costello, what do you think you're doing? Why are you riding underneath your horse? Well, my horse isn't feeling well, Abbott. And the doctor told me to watch his stomach. 
Here we are, men. We'll probably find Black Pete in the Red Dog Cafe across the street. Stop your horse. Okay. Whoa! Whoa, Lolly! Whoa! Whoa, boy! Whoa! Atta boy. Take it easy, Nelly. Uh, sit down now. Whoa, Nelly. All right, men. Everybody into the bar for a drink. No, no. Just the men. You horses stay outside. <laughs> All right, let's go in. And listen, Costello. When we go through this door, have your gun ready. If anybody moves, shoot. If anybody shoots, I'll move. Hey, Abbott, listen to that. What a pair of pipes. Wish I was a plumber. Costello, don't you recognize her? She's the ghost of Dead Pan Gulch. Really? Oh, Marlena Dietrich. has made a fortune. Yeah, it runs into a nice figure. <laughs> Hello, boys. Hello, boys. How bigger men will you come from? <laughs> Welcome to the Red Dog Cafe. Did you like my song? What do you think of my range? Your range is lovely. In fact, I like your whole kitchen. <laughs> oh, you flatter me. You're probably tired after your long trip. How about a drink? Okay. I'll have a Crosby cocktail. What's that? One drink and then, bing. <laughs> With your personality, I would suggest straight corn. <laughs> what a fresh kid. Just a minute, Marlena. You see, neither one of us is a drinking man. Do you have anything a, a little milder? I'll try a drink of this very mild wine. Now, that sounds better. I'll try it. I don't understand. That wine is made here by the Hoppy Indians. <laughs> hoppy Indians? Well, the Indians are still hopping in it. <laughs> Costello, that's silly. Come on. Let's go over and watch the boys play roulette. Yes. Or perhaps you both would rather play a game with me. Poker, Farrell, Blackjack. I'd rather play post office. But that's a kid's game. Not the way I play it. <laughs> little fat man, I could go for someone like you. You could? Yes. Do you know someone? Sure. I <laughs> What a fresh kid, Abbott! Now, look. Keep quiet, Costello. Don't talk like that to Marlena. She may know where Black Pete is. Try to win her confidence. Turn on the charm, you know. I'll turn on the charm. Okay, watch me. Marlena, my love, I adore you. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Marlena, will you let me be your slave? Will you let me do something for you that I have never done for any other woman? What's that? Will you let me press your slacks? <laughs> Costello, will you stop that? You just don't know how to handle these Western girls. Oh, yes, I do, Abbott. Marlena, one time I was in love with a bullet cow girl. She was too bullet to round up the kettle. What do you mean? Well, she had a terrible time getting her calves together. <laughs> what are you talking about, Costello? You've never even been in love with a girl. Yes, I was. I can see her now. She always wore cotton stockings. Cotton stockings? 
What happened to her? Nothing. <laughs> but of all the girls I got tattooed on my chest... On your chest? Marlena, I love you the best. The best? Better than the rest. The rest? In the West. The West? On my chest. On your chest? There's an echo in the joint. <laughs> well, there's no question about it, Costello. Marlena Dietrich just can't be bothered with a man like you. Marlena, is that true? Oh, Lou. If you only had the eyes of Clark Gable. Yes. The nose of Tyrone Power. Yes, yes. The chin of Gary Cooper. Yes. The face. The face of who? That's all, if you only had a face. <laughs> you know, the kids get messed. Now, look here, Costello. We're wasting time. Did you forget why we came to Deadpan Gulf? We've got to find Black Pete's hideout. Black Pete? He's the most dangerous character in these parts. Oh, he don't bother me. But he's very tough. He eats little men like you every morning when he gets up. That's me, the breakfast of champions. <laughs> but, Lou, why don't you give up this mad search? It can only lead to your death. I think you got something there, kid. Hey, Abbott, I am scared. Ain't you scared? No, I'm not scared. Then why are you buying my nails? <laughs> but no matter what happens, I'm going after Black Pete, Marlena. And if I die, I want you to take this shirt of mine as a keepsake. But suppose you don't die. Then wash it and have it back by Monday. <laughs> and no starch in the collar, either. Listen, Costello, cut out the foolishness. Now we line up everybody in the room until we find our man. That's right, Abbott. Everybody line up and empty out your pockets. Why are you making them empty their pockets? I lost my yo-yo. Now, wait a minute, boys. It's not necessary to look any further. I am Black Pete. You are? What a fresh kid! What a stale plot. I think you got something there. Marlena, I still don't believe all this is true. It is true. I took the money from the bank, but I did not steal it. It was my own money. It was my pin money. A hundred thousand dollars pin money? I have very expensive pins. (laughs) If you don't believe me, I'll show you. Mm. I have all the money right here in my stocking. Look. Abbott, what a cute bank. What a place to make a deposit. (laughs) Oh, Marlena, if I give you all my money from the bank, will you put it in your other stocking? Certainly. Costello, don't be an idiot. Your money is safer in the bank. Why do you want to put it in her stocking? Because that's where it's going to draw the most interest. Before we hear from Abbott and Costello again, do you want to find out how hitting ground feels to a paratrooper? Well, just hop off the top of a truck going 15 miles an hour. But don't try that until you're as husky as an all-American halfback and as nimble as a circus tumbler. Even then, you'd have to learn plenty to qualify for the shoot troops, fighters as tough as any in the world. And whether your job is to dangle in midair from silk cords, or whether you're making the shoots, you want to get the most out of your off-duty moments. Take Helen Lynch, for instance. She works at the Pioneer Parachute Company, making some of the shoots used by our paratroopers. Like so many of us, Miss Lynch is smoking more these days, and she sticks to camels. She said, quote, Package after package, camels never tire my taste or wear out their welcome. They have such a rich, full flavor, and they're so easy on my throat. Unquote. Camel is first in the service. Actual sales records in post exchanges and canteens show that with men in the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the Coast Guard, camel is the favorite. Why is that? 
But just ask your own throat and taste. Camels have a full, rich flavor, the kind that wears well, doesn't go flat. Camels are milder, too, and cooler smoking because they're slow-burning. The big reason behind this camel goodness is costlier tobaccos, blended in the years-old camel tradition of quality tobacco blending. If you're smoking more these days, try camels. Your throat and your taste will tell you. Camels, get a fact tonight. Send the carton to that fellow in the service. And now a word about next week's program. You'll hear more music from Lee Stevens and the orchestra, more songs like Connie Haynes and the Camel Quintet, and a gripping, dramatic story of life in the squared circle with our guest star, John Garfield. Now, here is a short preview of next week's program. Thousands of people are assembled in Madison Square Garden. All eyes are focused on the two fighters in the center of the ring, Killer Garfield and Cupid Costello. There is a terrific exchange of blows. The crowd is on its feet. Costello is on his face. Get up! Get up off your knees and quit playing with those marbles. What marbles? I'm picking up my feet! <laughs> Be sure to tune in next Thursday night at the same time for another big comedy show starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with John Garfield as our guest. Brought to you with the compliments of Camel Cigarettes. Camel presents three great radio shows each week. Abbott and Costello on Thursday nights. On Friday night, it's the Camel Caravan with Lanny Ross, Herb Schreiner, Xavier Cougat, and Our Town. And Monday night, Blondie. Marlena Dietrich, who appeared with us tonight, has just completed a new universal picture, Pittsburgh, with John Wayne and Randolph Scott. And here's the latest news about the Camel Caravans, those swell traveling shows that entertain our boys in the Army camp. Fifteen Army and Navy training stations will be visited this week, including Camp Gordon, Georgia, Camp Pendleton, California, and Camp Cross, South Carolina. This is Ken Niles speaking for the makers of Camel Cigarettes and wishing you all a very pleasant good night. pipe wear in a muzzle? No, sir, and you never will, because that won't keep it from biting. thing to do is get Prince Albert, the brand that's no bite treated for real smoke in comfort. Another thing, PA's crimp cut, and that means it packs firm and easy and gives you cool one-match burning. You'll find around 50 mild, rich-tasting pipe folds in every handy pocket package of Prince Albert. Try PA for pipe appeal. You'll agree it's the national joy smoke. This program has come to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. The 
cigarette that's first in the service presents from the 6th Ferrying Group Air Transport Command in Long Beach, California, the Abbott and Costello Program. Miss Merle Oberon and starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Oh, come on. What's the matter with you, Costello? Hey, Abbott. I want to ask you a very personal question. What is it? Do you think I'm fat? Well, I'd say you were on the plump side. Why do you ask? Well, I was over by one of those big hangers. I was standing next to a blimp. All of a sudden, an officer points to me and says, Look. They're making them with faces now. <laughs> oh, he was just kidding. You know, there's nobody that has a better sense of humor than a flying man. I know that too, Abbott, because I'm a flying man myself. What do you mean? I started flying when I was a six-month-old baby. You flew when you were a baby? Yep. I flew out of my nurse's arms and made a perfect one-point landing. No, no. You mean three points? No, one point. My safety pin was open. <laughs> Costello, I don't believe you've ever been up in the air. Oh, yes, I have. I used to be a hostess. Well, you walked into that one, my friend. <laughs> For your information, plane hostesses are always female. This was a male plane. <laughs> Tell me, Costello, when was the last time you were up in the plane? Do you want the truth or my version? Oh, no, 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 no. I want the truth. I think we'd get more laughs the other way. No, 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 no. Tell the truth. Okay, I'll tell the truth. All right. I took my first plane ride today. Captain Dick Lasseter took me up in a great big plane. Try motor? Try what? I said try motor? Certainly we tried the motor. <laughs> what do you think we did? Push it? No, skip it. I'm not going to get it up in the air and then try it. All right, forget about it. Forget Wait. about the motor? No, 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 no. The other thing. By the way, what kind of a pilot is he? Was he flying blind? No, he was perfectly sober. <laughs> What a dope. Of course he was sober. Well, never mind that. You know, Lou, I wonder what these boys down here at Long Beach do when they go on leave. Well, I saw a bunch of the boys down at the beach with their girlfriends. Did they go down there to spoon? Well, they didn't go down there to wash their socks. <laughs> well, here's Ken Niles. I've been waiting to see you, Ken. I was wondering what your wife thought of the picture we made last week. That's right, Niles. What does she think of my acting? Well, I don't mind telling you that she absolutely raved. She raved, eh? Yes. They took her away the next morning. <laughs> What's so funny about that? Did you make that up yourself? Yeah, out of my head. You certainly are. <laughs> now, quit arguing. take that guy. Well, I know you do, but quit arguing, Costello. I, I want to hear more about the picture. Uh, did you read any reviews, Ken? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. The Druggist Weekly gave the picture four aspirin. So... <laughs> See what happens, don't you? He's got the band framed up. Certainly he's got the band framed. That wasn't a funny line. No. There was nothing, no, nothing funny about that, brother. How can you imagine that? Listen, Ken, I read all the reviews. And even Mrs. Roosevelt mentioned our picture in her column. What did she say? She said, my day was ruined. <laughs> That's the one line I don't know why they got it look, in. Yeah, wait a minute, look. <laughs> Lou, didn't we get any compliments at all? Oh, sure. We got one cheer that I remember. Uh, where from? The Bronx. The Bronx? <laughs> you know... In Hitler's face without music. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we should give up the idea of producing our own pictures. Don't you be silly. Perfume Pictures Incorporated is here to stay. And I'm ready to start another picture right now. Push the button for my secretary. Okay. Hey, hey. What's the idea of a horn for a buzzer? She used to be a waitress in a drive-in. Oh. Oh, boss, I'm sorry I was late this morning. Are you doing anything tonight? Why, uh, no, not a thing. 
Then try and get here on time tomorrow morning. It's a fine secretary. How did you get a job here? I used to be in pictures. I played in the way of all flesh. What part did you play? One of the meatballs. <laughs> Everybody gets laughs but me. All right. Have patience, have patience. By the way, do I have any appointments today? Uh, yes, sir. At 12 o'clock, you have an appointment with Hedy Lamar. What am I doing after that? Me, he asked. <laughs> Mr. Costello, could I speak to you for a moment? Why, it's Botch for Twink, our settlement. What's on your mind, Botch? Well, I want you to know that I was terribly hurt because I wasn't in your picture last week with Carmen Miranda. After all, if you're looking for new faces, look at me. My face is new, isn't it? Oh, very new. In fact, your whole head has only been slightly used. <laughs> Please give me a chance, Mr. Costello. I really do have a lot of talent. You know, I do most of the voices in all the Leon Schlesinger cartoons for Warner Brothers. You don't tell me. Yeah, for instance, here's a little porky pig. This is the way I talk when I play porky porky that's all, folks. I'll play Porky for you for $1,000. What are you talking about? Warner Brothers don't pay you that? I know, but Pork has gone up. <laughs> what else do you do, Botsford? Oh, did you ever hear of Bugs Bunny? I have a carrot here, so I'll give you a little sample. Uh, what's up, Doc? <laughs> uh, uh, what do you say, Tubby? What's cooking, huh? Of course, if you use Bugs Bunny, you'll have to use my wife, Mrs. Bunny. But we can't use two rabbits in our picture. Well, we couldn't separate them. That would be splitting hairs. <laughs> well, if you can't use the rabbit, maybe I could furnish some of the musical background. I can imitate an electric organ. Listen. <laughs> it's clever, ain't it? Do you call it an organ? Now, listen, Botsford. I can't use any of that stuff in my picture. Now, will you get out of here? Now, look what you did. Now, look what you did. Now, look what you did. Every time you yell at me, yell at, yell at me, I guess that. When you yell at me, he gets that. Why do you yell? How did I know? Did I know that when I talk loud, he gets the heat? Did I know that? Well, don't yell at him. Do something for the poor fellow. Please, Botsford. Botsford, right. I'm talking low and easy. Now, take it easy. No more hiccups. That brings him out of it. That brings him out of it. Does it? I didn't know that. All right, take it easy. How do you feel? Uh, better now. Oh, you do? I feel fine. Oh, I'm glad of that, Abbott. Now, let's get back to this picture. But, Mr. Costello, are you sure you can't use the organ? But, but how many times do I have to tell you that I don't want to... Please. Please, I don't know what I'm doing. Get Hey, Lou, Lou Costello. Oh, yes, Niles. I want to ask you something. Do you know anything about winter sports? Are you kidding? I'm one of the best ski jumpers in the country. Really? Sure. Last winter at Lake Placid, I made my biggest jump. Yeah? I climbed up to the top of the slide. Thousands of people were looking up at me. Yeah? And when I leaped into the air, I went down at 60 miles an hour, and I made a sensational jump up 200 feet. 200 feet? Yep. And I could have even gone further if there was snow. <laughs> oh, look better tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Lou, I, I know another good skier, and his name is Dick Durant, and he's one of the finest skiers in the world. In fact, he's so good that the government asked him to give instructions to ski troopers in lightning-fast mountain warfare. Dick knows his smoking, too. He said, quote, I've smoked camels for years, 
They have the full, rich flavor that I want in a cigarette. No matter how often I smoke, camels never tire my taste, never get my throat. Unquote. Yes, and with men in all the services, camel is the favorite, too, according to actual sales records in the stores where they buy cigarettes. Try camels yourself for steady pleasure. You'll like the way they hold up, wear well, pack after pack, no matter how many you smoke. The reason is extra flavor, and you know camels always have more flavor. Better yet, camels combine flavor with extra mildness, the extra mildness that goes with slow burning and cool smoking. One reason for that is costlier tobaccos, blended as only camels know how to blend. Now remember, you're the one who's doing your smoking. Your throat and your taste will tell you. C-A-M-E-L-S. Camels, get a pack tonight. Send a carton to that fellow in the service. Meet Stevens, the orchestra, and the Camel Five with a new treatment for an old tune by the light of the silvery moon. Costello, we can't hold up production on your new picture any longer. Now, we've got to get a leading lady. How about giving that secretary of yours a chance? She has blue eyes and blonde hair. And a Supreme Court figure. What do you mean, a Supreme Court figure? A Supreme Court figure? Uh, what do no you mean? No appeal. Oh! <laughs> Besides, I phoned Merle O'Bron about playing a leading part. You did? Yes. I picked up the receiver and I said, Merle, darling. Merle, sweetheart. Merle, my love. And then? Then I dialed her number. <laughs> Merle O'Bron. Merle Obron will be slow in our picture. You know, and I, I sent for a new fashion designer. What is this that just popped in here? What, what happened? Well, now, wait a minute. I sent for a new uh, fashion designer. I, is that it? Is now he's in. Come in. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. I'm your new fashion designer. Uh, Pierre U.P.A. <laughs> to my friends, I'm P.U. <laughs> you said it, brother. Hey, get a little of that guy's hair. He's a male Veronica Lake. Pierre, this is Lou Costello. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Costello? Thank you, sir. Uh, you are just the man I'm looking at. I've not seen you in a long distance. <laughs> Get the way his hair hangs over his face. Pardon me, Pierre. 
Was your mother ever scared by a sheepdog? Oh, God. <laughs> Leave the man alone. We've got to get him to design Miss Oberon's clothes. Now, no more remarks about his hair. Looks like a palm tree in a high wind, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Mr. Costello, I admit that my hair is a standing joke. Well, it needs a new switch. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong there. Keep quiet. We must have Miss Oberon's uh, wardrobe designed before she gets here. Pierre, yes. would you mind telling us some of your ideas on women's clothes? Oh, not at all. Uh, you know, the main thing is color harmony. Color harmony? What's mm-hmm. that? Well, it's very simple, Mr. Costello. For instance, if um, you were carrying a pink bag, you would not wear a green dress, would you? Oh, gracious, no! I wouldn't dare! <laughs> well, I'd be the laughing stock of my sewing circle. All right, come on, never mind. <laughs> what kind of line is that never to get mind. me All a right. big man? <laughs> Forget it. Skip those things. Come here, Pierre. Now, uh, with a shortage of materials, how about something plain for Miss Obron to wear? Uh, we'll call it a uh, defense dress. How about that? How about making it out of barbed wire? That isn't defense. It ain't exactly an invitation. <laughs> Go ahead, Pierre. Suggest a dress for Merle O'Brien. Uh, you know, something that she can wear in our picture. Well, uh, being a brunette, I would suggest that I make Miss Oberon a gown of apple green with a peach skirt, a lemon trimmings, a plum ruffles, an orange belt, and a tangerine scarf. That ain't a dress. That's a fruit salad. <laughs> Nevertheless, that sounds fine. Now, what about Merle's hat? Well, the hat should be a very simple but very smart. Uh, do you think the boys in camp here would like Miss Oberon in a hat that has three roses and a ribbon on the side? Huh? No, they'd rather have four roses with a chaser on the side. <laughs> I'll get out of here and I'll design the clothes myself. Oh, Costello, you can't design clothes. Is that so? I just invented a lady's leg paint that takes the place of stockings. It even covers the knees. It disguises the knees? You said it. You can hardly recognize the old joints. <laughs> well, we let Merle O'Brien design her own clothes for the picture. What do you say? Yes, and I'm just the girl who can do it. Now listen, kid, you keep out of this. Look who it is. It's Merle O'Brien. <laughs> I'm overjoyed. I'm overcome. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I'm over here. (laughs) Merle, I've always been in love with you. You're so beautiful. Can I give you a kiss? Well, all right, but just one. (laughs) Lou, where did you learn to kiss like that? I used to be a bugler and a boy scout. Now, look, if you folks don't mind, we'll go over the script of the picture that you are going to play tonight. It's a story of the knights of old. Merle, you play a beautiful princess. And you wear a hoop skirt. A hoop skirt? Yeah, a hoop skirt. That's a parachute with legs. (laughs) Costello plays the part of a knight. He's in love with you. I thought knights were tall. Well, kid, on account of daylight saving time, the knights are getting shorter. (laughs) As the first scene opens, Merle... You're in the palace, awaiting the arrival of your lover. You are playing the organ. Organ? Like this? Bosford, can I tell you that you couldn't be in this picture? Oh, I got it in again. I got it in again. Don't shout at him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. I'm talking nice. Easy, relax. Take it easy. All right, Bosford. Shout at him in a moment. I'm talking nice. How easy can I talk? I'm okay. I'm sorry, Bosford. I'm okay now, Mr. Costello. Oh, I'm glad you are. Now, keep out of the picture! You did it again! Don't yell at me! Watch it, I'm sorry. Will you please put a gag in his mouth? 
Put a gag in his mouth. Yeah. If I had a gag, I'd tell it myself. <laughs> Come on, let's get back to this story. Costello, as a knight, your costume is a suit of armor. That's right, Lou. You wear an iron coat, an iron vest, and iron trousers. In fact, you wear a whole iron suit. Where do I get a purse? At Lockheed? <laughs> <laughs> now, your suit may become rusty, so you better keep yourself well oiled. I'd have to be oiled to make love to you in an iron suit. Merle, you walk out on the balcony. Yes, and I sneak right up to it. But how'd you get across the moat? I caught the guard with his bridges down. <laughs> then we have the big scene where Costello serenades you with a song of love. And Lou, I will drop a flower on you. In a mad moment of love? No, in a pot. <laughs> now, Merle, you signal that the coast is clear. And Costello, you climb the balcony. You reach Merle's side. You're panting from the long climb in that suit of armor. Yes, that's it. You gaze into her eyes. Remember, this is your big chance. Never mind, no more pants. Hey, no more panting. Never mind that. There's emotion in your voice. As you stand there in your iron suit, what do you say to her? Hey, kid, have you got a can opener? <laughs> with a camel five with a new Roomba from the pen of Cole Porter. Hasta luego. In a small cantina on an island bar Senorita Lina sang a song to a hot guitar All the ding-dong dandies used to gather about When the lovely Lina Lady Vina would give in and give up and The best people go to die. to die. But when she collected all his copper prefers, back to her cantina, lovely Lena went flying as she purred. Gentlemen, Perfume Pictures Incorporated presents the great costume drama entitled The Brave Knight Cut Off the Dragon's Tail or The Dragon Isn't Wagon Anymore. The beautiful Princess Guinevere is played by Merle Oberon. 
Lou Costello is the brave knight, Sir Porterhouse, and Bud Abbott is his good friend, Sir Lloyd. I play the part of the king. <laughs> As the scene opens, the princess and I await the arrival of two brave knights in our kingdom. Curtain? Greetings, brave knights. Kindly approach the throne. Greetings, Your Majesty. I am Sir Lloyd, Knight of the Bath from Saxony. And I am Sir Porterhouse, Knight of the Bath from Constantinople. What, a, what kind of words did I give you? Constantinople? Yes, Turkish bed. <laughs> Greetings, brave knights. I am the Princess Guinevere. And who are those beautiful dames with you? They are my ladies in waiting. Well, what are we waiting for? Why, Castello? Oh, Sir Porterhouse, you must save our kingdom. The people are angry. They're clamoring outside the gates of the palace. Just listen to them clamor. Clamor, clamor, clamor. Did you hear that? The people are revolting. They certainly are. No, no. <laughs> no, no. The people are starving. They've not eaten in five days. Oh, they should try and force themselves. <laughs> They've got to eat. <laughs> but, my dear princess, have we no food? Alas, no. The dragon has destroyed our crops. You mean all our corn is gone? Yes. There's only enough left for this program. <laughs> What's so funny about that? <laughs> what a fresh princess. Listen. Listen to the people shouting. They have been shouting for five days, but I dare not speak to them. I will speak to the people, Your Majesty. Open the door. I'll make a speech. Got him. <laughs> now, my dear princess, just what do you desire us to do? My dear knight, for several years now, my father has been bothered by a terrible dragon. Why doesn't he pick up his feet? <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. Nobody understood that. <laughs> Today, the dragon is coming to carry off the princess Guinevere. You must save me from this mean monster, Sir Porterhouse. He's a very mean beast. Okay, kid. He has two heads, one at each end. How does he sit down? <laughs> he can't. That's what makes him so mean. Well, don't be mean. Uh, don't worry, Princess. That's all right. I'm allowed one mistake, ain't I? <laughs> I am not afraid of nothing. One time I climbed up a tree and I bagged a ferocious tiger. You went up a tree after a tiger? No! He came up after me! But you said you bagged him. I did bag him. I bagged him to go away, but he wouldn't. Hey, what happened? Well, I snapped at the tiger, the tiger snapped at me, and suddenly something whizzed past me. What was it? Pomona. Pomona. Talk sense, will you? Then my uncle came to my rescue, and I finally brought that tiger home stuffed. What was he stuffed with? My uncle. <laughs> Oh, Your Majesty, the dragon is almost upon us. He's coming to get the princess. Quick, princess. Button up my iron suit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just a minute. I thought you were a princess. I worked a swing shift on the side. Costello, <laughs> <laughs> look at that thing belching smoke and fire. Is that the dragon? It ain't a smudge pot. But... <laughs> I'm getting out of here. It's too late. He's got us trapped. Here, here he comes. Now, do what he does. Do exactly what he does. Right. He's staring at you. Stare back at him. I can't. Ah. I can't do it. Quiet. He's roaring at you. Roar back at him. That'll scare him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Now he's wagging his tail. That lets me out. Look out. Look out, he's got a charge. He's got a charge? How much? Oh. Quick, grab him, grab him. I'm a gunner. There's a fancy line. Mother knows. Mother knows. I know what? The gullet. Gullet. The dragon's neck. Let him neck. What do I care about in a love life? Give me my sword. Give me my sword, somebody. I'll cut his nose off. But how do you smell? That is something that should only interest another dragon. Now he's coming at you. Be careful, Costello. Your back is turned to him. He's coming up behind you. Where did he get you? Well, if I was wearing a license plate, he would have cut off the last three numbers. <laughs> hey, he ruined my suit. My good iron suit he ruined. You nasty dragon. Get out of here! <laughs> oh, don't do that. Don't yell at me. Uh, what a how can I do the dress? Watch the twist. Now stop. Stop. What can I do to keep it quiet, Buster? Will you cut it out? I'm sorry. And it's your own fault for hollering at him. There's only one only one thing that'll cure my hiccups. If you let me kiss Miss Oberon. Oh, very well. I'll kiss you. If only you stop those awful hiccups. Go ahead, Buster. Kiss her. Okay. Um, how do you feel now, Buster? Oh, I feel fine. Some tunes you whistle for a while and then forget, and others stay with you for years. I think the ones you remember are the ones that have character. I believe that goes for cigarettes, too. We say that camels have character, and we back that up with the thousands of smokers who have stood by camels for 20 years and more. We think it's true that more people have smoked camels longer than any other cigarette. Try camels and see for yourself. Try them in your tea zone. That's tea for taste and tea for throat, your own proving ground for cigarettes. Your taste will tell you that camels have more flavor, and it's extra flavor that helps make camels hold up day in and day out, makes the second pack better than the first and the third better than the second. Your throat will tell you about mildness, too. It's the best judge you'll find. Yes, camels are mild, cool-smoking, slow-burning, because they're expertly blended of costlier tobaccos. Your throat and your taste will tell you. C-A-M-T-L-S. Camels, get a pack tonight. You'll want to buy a carton tomorrow. Here's more news about the camel caravans, those traveling shows which entertain the men in the army camps. Thirty-two performances of the camel caravan units will be given to men in the training stations throughout the coming week. And now here are Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with a final word. Thanks, Ken. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really been a thrill for Bud and me to do this program from the Ferry and Command Air Base here at Long Beach. And an added thrill to be here with Merle Oberon. Thank you, Lou. I had a wonderful time, and it's been lots of fun. That's right, Merle. And we'd like to extend our sincere thanks to Colonel Ralph Eastpake, Lieutenant Colonel John P. Frame, Jr., and their splendid staff of officers for the opportunity to make this visit. Next week, we'll be back in Hollywood on Thanksgiving Day. In addition to the regular gang, we'll have as our guest... Herbert Marshall, and we do hope you'll all join us 
Until next Thursday, Bud and I wish you all a very pleasant good night. The Camel Caravan with Lanny Ross, Xavier Cougat, Herb Schreiner, Lou Lair, and their guest star, Bob Hope. Saturday night, thanks to the Yanks with Bob Hawk. Monday night, Blondie. And next Thursday at the same time, Abbott and Costello with their guest, Herbert Marshall. Our broadcast this evening was from the 6th Ferrying Group, Air Transport Command at Long Beach, and does not constitute an endorsement of our product by the War Department, as they do not endorse any product. The Army has also requested us to make this announcement to all men of 18 and 19. There is a serious need for young men, so serious that the Army is willing to let men of 18 and 19 choose whatever branch of service they desire. Go to your nearest Army recruiting office or induction station tomorrow. Learn about the jobs the Army has open in 13 different branches, all explained by men who know these jobs inside and out. Listen to the Camel Caravan tomorrow night with Manny Ross, Xavier Cougat, Herb Schreiner, Lou Lair, and their guest star, Bob Hope. And now this is Ken Niles wishing you all good night. Mister, if you've got a pipe that's biting you, why, it just means one thing. Your pipe's hungry. Yes, sir, hungry for Prince Albert, the mild, rich, tasty tobacco that won't bite your tongue because it's no bite treated. P.A.'s crimp cut, too, for easy packing and stay-lit burning. Around 50 pipefuls in every handy pocket package. Get Prince Albert tonight. You'll see why men call it the National Joy Smoke. This is the National Broadcasting Company. This is the National Broadcasting Company. I hope you enjoyed those two episodes of the Abbott and Costello Show here on the Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the old radio comedy podcast. If you'd like to leave a comment or a suggestion for a future episode of this podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast and leave a message. Please include your name and where you're from. Now, before I go for today, I'd like to sincerely thank all of you for listening and enjoying the podcast. Tune in on Friday for another classic comedy broadcast right here on the old radio comedy podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Yay!